I saw Micah tune in. Oh, Micah and Joanna, they're, they're here, right? And, um, you know, great, that smoothie uh, fundraiser. But I wanted you to hear the rest of the story, all right? And here's the story. You know, um, they have a daughter, Ellis. Ellis is about um, six years old, yeah, <laughs> six years old. She has a brother, Sam, and Sam is um, uh, four years old, yeah. Yeah, right. <laughs> Joanna and Micah, they were married in uh, 2000 and, uh, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> you better get that one. Anyway, but, uh, but Ellis, you know, their, their daughter uh, would see a woman who, you know, just kind of, you know, out there in the Hawaii area and she appeared to be a person, you know, she had like shopping carts, all this stuff, so she didn't look like she had a permanent home. And so she kind of wondered like, you know, what can we do? Because she, for some reason... God was kind of speaking to her about, about, about this woman. And, uh, you know, Micah's house where they're living now, um, I don't think they have room for any more people. So they were kind of praying what to do. And so they decided that, you know, Ellis decided, what if we do like a fundraiser and raise money, and then maybe with that money we can help people who are less fortunate. And, you know, what we do is we go to the Next Step Homeless Shelter, you know, for, for people. Uh, and we do a meal service there, so Alice decided, well, why don't we do a, a fundraiser and, and raise some money, and the money we get from that, it'll go to the funds so we can buy, um, you know, the ingredients and stuff for the meal service. So that's the rest of the story for that fundraiser. So that's a really great thing, you know, that God is speaking to all of us and so proud of Ellis um, that, you know, just, you know it's, it's, it's a great thing, you know, and I think a part of that is what's happening at the children's ministry. So if you have kids, you have people with kids, they're learning values, you know. It, it's, it's Bible stories and all that, and that's really, really great. But it's how do you apply that, and they go through a value every month, you know, whether it be honesty, giving, and all that. And God really uses that, so I'm really excited. So, you know, we're not going to have the regular refreshments in the back, um, but there'll be the smoothies are going to be in the back. Yeah, right where the refreshers usually are, you go there, but that'll be a great thing, and, you know, um, I think, you know, that'll be a real blessing. I think Ellis would catch a real thrill see you guys get smoothies. I saw pretzels over there. I don't know if there's going to be any pretzel smoothies, but I think there'll be some good ones back there for you all, all right? I wanted to talk to you about something that's really, really important that really will help you in your, in growing in your relationship with the Lord, and it might be that, you know, you're in that you're in that place where, you know, you're kind of checking things out. You know, maybe you're like kicking the tires of Christianity, you know, that kind of thing, just checking it out. And you're, you're be, you know, you come into service, you might go to small group, you might be going to Alpha, whatever. But you're, you're in that place where you're gaining a sense of belonging. Like, you know what, you know, this, this, is, this, is, this, is, this is good. You know, or you might have, you know, been contemplating about this whole idea about making Jesus your Savior, contemplating making that decision, or maybe recently you've just made that decision to really choose to believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God, and your Savior and your Lord. Or maybe, you know, you're in that growing part, that growing portion, or the growing step where you're becoming more like the person that God has created you to be, becoming more of the disciple that God's calling you to be, whatever step you're on, whether it's, you know, becoming or, I mean, belonging or believing or becoming, um, uh, what we're going to talk about 
can, can really, really help in a really powerful way. Because what we're going to talk about is worship. That worship, and we talked about it a little bit last week, that worship really is something important. You know, and so often what we think, when we think of worship, we think, oh, I know what worship is. That's the stuff we do before we get to the message, you know. And that's the time we get that we don't really got to be here. You know, it's like, it's like kind of getting ready for the service, and it's like we're singing songs about God and all that kind of like God songs we're singing, you know. But worship is more than that. And you look in the dictionary, and, you know, worship is defined as the act of paying divine honor. The the act of paying divine honor, adoration, or reverence to a supreme being. Or it's really, or it also is an extravagant respect or admiration for or devotion to an object or person of esteem. And and we may not think that... that, um, Worship is that important. We, might, we not, might not think that, you know, about worship hardly at all. But the truth is we all worship. You know, that we all worship. It's something we do naturally. We, we might worship a person that we greatly admire. You know, we might worship, like, especially on a day like today, on Sundays, this time of year. You know, there's a bunch of you all are, are worshiping a certain beloved team, sport teams, whether it be like a college team, like, you know, USC or UCLA or Cal or something like that. Or it could be like an NFL team, you know, like, uh, you know, like the Steelers or something like that. And we worship that. Uh, we might worship, you know, if we're really, really honest, we might, we might worship money because of what we can attain with money. We might worship the accumulation of money. And as a follower of Christ, we have a choice, right? Because worship really is a choice. And we have a choice... To, to worship God, to pay Him divine honor, or not. It's a choice to thank Him. You know, it's, it's a choice to, to be grateful to Him for His provisions and His goodness. You know, it's a choice that we make to revere Jesus for who He is and what He's done for us. And, and last week, we looked how important our focus is. You know, that, that um, the truth really is, is that our focus... Um, what we see is what we're really, what we're looking for is what we see, you know? And uh, what we talked about when it comes to worship, our focus is really important. Who are we, who's going to be the object or what's going to be the object of our worship? And we read about Paul and Silas and they were following God and they said, you know, Jesus, we're going to follow him and God led them a certain way and they did a great thing. You know, they cast out demons from this girl but, you know, the, her owner got really, really upset, threw them in jail. They got beaten, bloodied, and the whole thing. And God did an amazing miracle. But the thing was, <coughs> in that prison, they chose to worship, right? And we talked about we can choose to be a worshiper or we can choose to be a complainer. And they chose to be a worshiper is what they did. And uh, our homework assignment, right, and I know you all was really excited about it. You've been talking to each other about it. And if I just called on somebody right now, I called on somebody, you know, what was something, what was something that you did with your homework, you all would have a whole lot of stuff. But remember, our homework for last week was find something every day that you can be grateful to God for, yeah? Talking about focus. What is something, as we're looking in our day, what is something every day that we're looking for this, because we'll see what we're looking for, and what is something that we're grateful for, and so I... 
wanted to share a few of mine from last week. You know, last Sunday I received some unexpected blessings from um, some people. Man, this really humbled me, really touched me. And I went away and think, man, that was like amazing. That was like a great thing. I didn't even know about this. And, you know, I get this blessing. I saw God during the week. I saw God's power working out in a really, really, really difficult situation. And, and, and it was like in miraculous ways. It was almost too good to be true. It's like, no, 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 this really, I mean, you know, guys, you guys really understand what's happening. I, um, I had a really relaxing day on Monday. You know, Monday's my day off, and it was great. Got to stay home. It was rainy. You know, it's like, that's a great day to stay home because it's rainy, right? And it's kind of a little, little bit cooler, and you can just kind of veg and, and do that and s- enjoy it with my puppy. And, you know, just like the greatest day, you know? And then later in the week, you know, I got a, another unexpected blessing um, that really just, again, just humbled me. And then last night, what was really interesting was, um, yesterday was a crazy day, you know, started off early, you know, I, had to, um, I went to the office early, had to take my daughter to, to work, and then picked her up at three, brought her home, and then um, a couple of her coworkers were, were heading out, uh, we were leaving their, their, that company, and so they decided to go Bubby's, right? Because Bubby's University, you know, the last weekend, right? And so they went after work. So I dropped her off, 9 o'clock, and waited at the office till um, about quarter to 12. Picked her up, went home. By the time I went to sleep, it was like 1.30. And when you're old like me, it's like, man, you know, 1.30, you got to get up like at 6. Like, this is like rough now, right? So I go to sleep at 1.30. And then I hear our dog just hacking and like gagging, and I think, oh, what's going on? I look, it's four o'clock. You know, they're like, come here, dog, and you know, it's gagging. And I, what's going on? So I, you know, I do what doctors do. I get my finger. What's going on in there? Couldn't find nothing. You know, I think a tonsil came out, but I mean, that you know, so I still don't need that anyway. And then you know, it's just gagging, and I was just praying and just praying, God, you know, just, just you know, just yeah, no, and. I was kind of nervous for the dog and just praying. Came about 5 o'clock and I'm thinking, sleep for a little bit or not, right? And then, so I'm just like, oh man, this is rough. And then I remembered focus. And I said, okay, God, there's a reason. And then at 5 o'clock I said, you know what? I'm going to open my Bible. And I had this, this amazing time with the Lord. It was just like amazing, you know. So much so, it was like, man, I don't, I don't even... You know, it doesn't feel like I had like three, three and a half hours sleep or whatever. It was just great. And I'm coming to, coming to church this morning, I thought, you know, God, thank you. That, that all that happened, but that, look what happened. I, I had this amazing, precious time with the Lord. Doesn't matter that, you know, the, the New York Jets are now beating the Washington Redskins and Kirk through another two interceptions. Ouch! Doesn't matter. This is great, you know? And the focus made all the difference in the world. And so, like, I had my normal quota of stress during the week, you know? But by intentionally focusing on God's activity, God's hand in, in my life, it made all the difference in the world. And, and when you begin to see God's fingerprints, uh, what you're beginning to see and what you're beginning to notice and what you're beginning to experience and what you're beginning to express... That's an act of worship. You know, we say, God, thank you for that. It might be something really as inane as like, thank you for that parking space. You know, but you begin to see God's hand. And this morning, I wanted to really look at um, how important worship is 
and, and, and really that, that worship is a choice. And I kind of want to encourage you and exhort you to, to make that choice because it's more than worth it to make the choice to worship because the question isn't whether we're going to worship or not. So it's not a matter of the, the choice isn't are we going to worship or not? No, the, the choice is are we going to worship God or not because we're going to worship something. You know, are we going to worship God? And so, you know, how do you determine what you're worshiping? You know, what do you worship? A good way to figure that out is, is to, to see what you're focusing on. You know, what's constantly on your mind? What do you hold near and dear to your heart? You know, what is that thing? What is that person, whatever, that you're holding near and dear to your heart? Because the truth is we all worship something. And, and the thing that you think about, the thing you're focusing on so often is what we worship. And <clears throat> what I wanted to encourage you is that, you know, if we really stop to think about it, isn't Almighty God worthy of our worship? Right? I mean, if he's the all-powerful, all-wise, all-everything God who loves us, who created us, who sent his son Jesus to come and die for us, that we can be reconciled with him in heaven and spend eternity with him. I mean, if he really is that, isn't that a choice worth making? You know, Even when we don't understand, even when we're in a tough situation, even when we don't feel like it, you know, no matter what we feel or think, God is still worthy of our worship and our praise. And the really unbelievable thing to me is that even though God Almighty doesn't have to do anything for us, right? I mean, you think about it. This is God Almighty. Billions of people. He created us. That should be enough. The fact that we're alive, that should be enough. But the fact that He cares and the fact that He continues to show Himself to be the God who He is. You know, I mean, just the fact of that that should open our eyes and, and open our eyes and, and say, God, you really are worthy of worship. And in Romans 12, I wanted to look at that really quickly. It gives us some encouragement. There's some encouragement there that maybe to, to spur you on a little bit to make that choice to choose to worship our amazing, loving God. So you can turn to Romans. should be up there. Um, we're gonna, you can follow along in the bulletin. There's notes there. But the first thing we can learn is this. Don't let, okay, in Romans, don't let what's wrong with you keep you from worshiping what's right with God. You know, don't let what's wrong with, what you think is wrong with you, yeah, keep you from worshiping what is right with God. Okay? So often we do that. In Romans 12, verse 1, it says, Therefore, Paul is saying, Therefore, I urge you, I beseech you, I just beg you, Brothers and sisters, in view of what? Of God's mercy. Offer your bodies as living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. And the Bible tells us that in view of what? In view of God's mercy, offer yourself fully to God. It doesn't say in view of your righteousness. It doesn't say in view of your brilliant mind or your witty sense of humor. It doesn't say in view of how spiritual you think you are or because of anything that you have done. It says, present your bodies. Why? For the reason of, in view of God's mercy, that we can continually go to God and continually worship God because even when we do something wrong, even though we mess up, we have something to be grateful for. And what is that? 
It's mercy. You see? You think about it. I mess up all the time. You know, you probably mess up from time to time. You know, you look at the things, you look back in your life and think, man, man, it's just, I don't even want to look back there. You know, the choices I've made, the things I've done. And Paul is saying, look, worship will open your eyes, will transform your life. And you, need to, you know, if you would just offer yourself all of who you are, just offer it all up to give it all to God. Your life will change. And we say, oh, but you don't know me. And that's why Paul says what? In view or in light of God's mercy. You see? No matter what has happened in your life, Paul is saying it doesn't matter. What overrides that all is what? In view of God's mercy. Offer yourself. And a prerequisite to worship is mercy. When we realize that we can offer ourselves and all that we have, not because of who we are or anything that we've done, right? When we begin to realize that, that, that we can come because of God's mercy toward us, man, that should lead us to worship Him. And it should remind us, right? Shouldn't it remind us that if we qualify for mercy, which Paul says we do, then we qualify to worship. And my point is this. Don't let what's wrong with you keep you from worshiping what is right with God. Because one of the enemy's tactics, the devil's tactics, is to get us to focus on what? On what's wrong with us. What's going on that's messed up in our lives. And when we look inside and we look at ourselves and we see all that junk, it's like, you know what? I don't even feel like worshiping. Right? And what? And what? The enemy, what the devil does is he just continues to pound us. And he doesn't do it like he doesn't come and this demon doesn't open, our, our closet doesn't open and smoke doesn't come out and a demon comes out. <laughs> no, it doesn't do that. How does it usually happen? It's like a voice inside of our head. Right? And so often it sounds like us. And it sounds like you're a nobody. No, it's I'm a nobody. And I can't tell you, and I don't need you folks to encourage, on, encourage me on this. You know, I can't tell you how many Sundays I'm driving home and I said, man, I shouldn't have said that. I shouldn't have gone there. I should have said that. Should have, would have, could have. You know, I think, man, that was a lousy message. You know? And you don't know how many times before you go to speak, I hear, no one's going to listen to you. You're a loser. You're a hypocrite. You're a, you're, you wear bacon shirts. I mean, come on now. Right? And, and I get these thoughts. Now, some of them might be my insecurity, but a part of it is that's the enemy's tactic, is to make us, to, is, is to make us focus on ourselves and all the things that's messed up in our lives. And, and we need to stop focusing on what's wrong in our lives and start focusing on who God is and what's right with Him. And that's a huge key in worship. And I like what the message, you know, there's a message you can go to Logos Bookstore and you see all the different versions of the Bible, NIV, NAS, and all these other ones. And there's one called the message. That's not really a translation. That's like a paraphrase, you know, just to make it more understandable to us. But I like what the message paraphrase says in Romans chapter 12, verse 1. It says, embracing what God has done for you is the best thing you can do for Him. 
That's worship. Embracing what God has done for you is the best thing you can do for him. That's what worship is. It's embracing what God has done for you and expressing that to him and saying thank you. That's the best thing you can do. And the biggest difference between religion and Christianity, and this is, you know, if you look at religions in the world and you look at Christianity, what's the difference? Here's the difference. Religion focuses on what we can do for God. Isn't that true? Religion focuses on what we can do for God. And sometimes we get messed up as Christians. We think that's what being a Christian is about, what we can do for God. But Christianity is really focused. You read the Bible. What we talked about, Christianity is focused on what God has done for us. That's the biggest difference. Religion is what it focuses on what we can do for God. It's, it's a me focus. The focus is on us. But in Christianity, it's, it's all about what God has done for us. In view of God's mercy, offer your body. The second thing is that worship is a logical and reasonable response to God. You see, worship, believe it or not, is a logical if you're one of those logic guys, logical and reasonable response to God. Romans chapter 12 goes on to say, Therefore, I urge you, therefore, bro- you know, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to present your bodies, you know, living in holy sacrifices. And then it says, this is your spiritual act of worship. You see, this is what it is. Another version says, offering yourself as a living sacrifice to God is your reasonable service. It's something that's logical. It's something that's reasonable. In fact, there's nothing more logical and reasonable than to worship God. Let me explain. If God doesn't exist, then worship is insanity, right? If God doesn't exist, it's like crazy. It's like worshiping someone who isn't real, right? But if God exists and if God is real, right, there is nothing more logical or or more reasonable than to worship. Now, I don't want to come across, you know, I, don't want, I really don't want this to come across as, as something pejorative, you know, really. But I want to make a point. If God exists, then anything less, okay, if God exists, anything less than an all-out worship that we just give everything we got, what Romans 12 is talking about, anything less than that is illogical. Worship is sanity, and anything less or anything else is really insanity. You know, Blaise Pascual, you know, and my son would like him. He's a French philosopher, genius, kind of did all math things and all this kind of stuff, you know. Um, Yeah. But Pascal said that there are only two classes of persons who can be called reasonable. It's like this genius philosopher guy, right? There are only two classes of people. Who can be called reasonable? Those who serve God with all their hearts because they know Him. And those who seek God with all their hearts, right? Because they know who God is. They know they serve God with all their hearts because they know Him. Okay, that's one class of people. And he says, and there are those who are the other class of people are those who are just seeking out God with all their hearts because they don't know Him. You know? He said those are the two classes of people. Those are the two classes of persons that can be called reasonable. If God is real, they're serving them with all their hearts. You know? And for those who are not sure, they don't think God is real, then they're seeking God with all their hearts. 
And those who don't know, they don't know God, they don't worship God. But if you know God, you can't not worship Him. Because anything less than all our worship is shocking to those who are in heaven and have the full revelation of who God and who Jesus is. See, that's the thing. Our loved ones who have accepted the Lord and they're in that wonderful place called heaven, they would say to us, they would shout to us, anything less than just worshiping the God who they see face to face, anything less than than that is crazy. That's what they would say to us. Jeremiah chapter 2, verse 11. Yet my people, and this is God talking, yet my people, and this is the sad thing. It could be said of us today. Yet my people have exchanged their glorious God for worthless idols. The heavens are shocked at such a thing and shrink back in horror and dismay, says the Lord. And God is saying that idolatry, worshiping anything else other than God, you know, what he's saying is really like, God is saying that idolatry, you know, the worship of, of something other than God, he's saying it's really like being offered this, this juicy ribeye steak from Ruth Chris Steakhouse with the extra butter and potatoes and all stuff. You offered that and creme brulee, creme brulee and all that stuff, but you opt for a McDonald's hamburger with fries. See, that's what he's saying. You could have all this. You could have a bone-in ribeye, which is probably the best steak you can eat, right? Age it if you want, whatever. And it's like being offered that. And instead you say, no, I'm just going to have a hamburger and fries from McDonald's. Not even in and out mind you. Just McDonald's. <laughs> you know? And when we think of that, it just doesn't matter how much times you supersize that McDonald's meal, it doesn't make sense. It's illogical. And idolatry really is settling for a cheap imitation, a substitute, and a knockoff. It's settling for something so far less than best. And the sad thing is we, pray, we place supreme value, right, on something that really isn't all that supreme. You know, and that's what we do when we, when we worship something other than God. We're saying, man, we worship this. This has supreme value, but it really doesn't. It really doesn't. C.S. Lewis said, We are half-hearted creatures fooling around with drink and sex and ambition when infinite joy is offered us. You know, I mean, you know, let the Holy Spirit speak to you. Because that's what we do. We, we settle. We settle. Instead, we can have it all. We can have something so amazing that would lead us to just fall on our knees and wonder and awe and love. And yet we choose this. You see, if you believe in God, and if you believe God is real, and that He exists, then, then nothing is more reasonable and logical than to worship Him for who He is. It doesn't matter what's going on in our lives. We don't focus on that. We focus on what God is doing and what's right with Him. The last thing is this. Worship is living up to God's standards. Worship is living up to God's standard, standards and His opinion. Conformity is what? Is living down to the world's standards and the world's opinion. And Romans 12, 
Verse 2 goes on to say what? Don't be conformed to the pattern of this world. Guys, look. In view of light, in view of God's mercy, present this all out and worship God. And he says, don't be conformed to the pattern of this world. The Bible says, don't settle. Don't live down to the world's standards. Instead, live up to God's standard. Here's something to consider. If you, if, if you base your identity on the opinions of other people, you're worshiping their opinions. And the truth is, God's opinion is really the only opinion that counts. See, conformity is just living down. Worship is living up. And so why settle for conformity when you can experience something so much more? You can experience transformation in your life. And in in Romans 12, it goes on and says this. Don't be conformed, but be transformed. Not just tweaked a little bit, but totally changed. And that's why 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, you know what? When you accept Christ, you become a new creation. Totally brand new creation. The old's passed away, everything's become new. It's a transformation that takes place. And what God says, why conform to what you see that's so messed up? Why live down to that? When you can live up to something, and God's saying, you know, just be transformed. How? By the renewing of your mind. And you can't always change your circumstances, but you can always change your mind. And studies show that, you know, at any moment, 8 million, billion bits of memory and, and all kinds of information are streaming through our brain. And we've got to determine what we're going to pay attention to. Because all kinds of thoughts, all kinds of information is coming in. And that's why focus is so important, you know. And, and that's where the message, again, paraphrases Romans 12. It says, fix your attention on God. See? That's what we need to do. Are we going to fix our attention on God? Because that's what worship is. It's making a decision to fix our attention and our focus on God and allow Him to transform us by giving us a new focus and a new perspective. And really, if we continue to do so, He'll give us a new life. He'll give us a new life. The bottom line is, you become what you worship. You, we become what we worship, right? If you don't like what you're becoming, then one of the things to consider is you're probably worshiping the wrong things. If you don't like what you're becoming, you're probably worshiping the wrong things. So much of the problems we face come from identity problems, you know, problems with the way we think about and the way we see ourselves, right? Identity problems are worship problems. If we start worshiping God, you'll be, you become the person God's created you to be. Now, come on. Oh, give it a shot. If you begin to worship God, you'll become, you'll be in the process of becoming who He created you to be. Well, really? Yeah, because when we conform to the world and you look at our lives the way it is now, it's conforming, Right? It's, it's becoming what, we, what we're worshiping. That's what happens, you see. You know, um, there has never, ever been anyone like you, right? Um, that's what we've been talking about, that, that you're unique. There's no one like you, no one born like you before you, no one's going to be born like you after you're born, right? There's just one you. 
And the truth is, that really isn't a testament to us. That's a testament to God, that the God who created us, that he created us absolutely unique. That's the way God shaped us. All of us start off as a -a one-of-a-kind masterpiece, original, but too often we end up a carbon copy of someone else. That's the tragedy. When we give in to all what we see in the world around us, God takes this unique, special, one-of-a-kind masterpiece, you know, that, that has been created for a purpose. And what happens? We become a cookie cutter or something else that we're not. And so often it's an identity problem because we're worshiping the wrong thing. That we settle for conformity instead of originality. And the encouragement is don't settle. Don't settle for conformity. God wants so much better. But I don't know if I can trust God. Well, you know, start worshiping. What's, I mean, what's the downside to that? You know, what, what would be so God-awful bad if you just started to say, you know, I'm going to start worshiping God. I'm going to look for ways every day where I'm going to look for God's fingerprints in my life. You know, I'm going to look for things I can be grateful for. Instead of coming here on Sunday mornings and just waiting for, oh, like the message, that's the most important thing, and the music is just like, okay, we got like 50 more minutes to service starts. Why don't you come in? And what if it's just more than just singing songs about God? What if that becomes your song? See? And as you focus on God and we sing certain songs, you know, that becomes your song to God. And you say, God, I'm going to sing my worship to you. I want to express how thankful I am. I'm not really good at words, but that I mean. So you start singing that. I mean, it'll just change your life. See, we all worship at the throne of our lives. There's a throne we all worship. There's a book called The Air We Breathe, you know, Louis Giglio, good guy. I just like saying his name, Louis Giglio. I wish I had a name like that. That'd be a cool name, right? What's your name? Louis Giglio. That'd be like, great. What's your name? Mark Marmot. Ah, Louis Giglio. That's good. Yeah. I mean, that's a cool thing. He writes this in that book. So how do you know what you worship? Right? It's easy, he says. You simply follow the trail of your time, your affection, your money, and your allegiance. At the end of the trail you'll find a throne. And whatever or whoever is on that throne is what's of highest value to, the, to you. On that throne is what you worship. See, it's easy. The question is, what's on the throne of your life? Anything less than enthroning God is idolatry, and really what that is, is a settling. It's settling for something that will leave you unfulfilled and unsettled. It'll keep you from fully becoming all that God wants you to be. Louis Giglio goes on, he says this, whatever you, value, whatever, you, whatever you value most will ultimately determine who you are. I think that's a true statement. If you worship money, what's gonna, you'll become greedy at the core of your heart. If you worship some sinful habit, that same sin will grip your soul and poison your character to death. If you worship stuff, your life will become material void of eternal significance. If you give all your praise to the God of you, you'll become a disappointing little God to both yourself and to those who trust in you. And I know that sounds grim and kind of even harsh, kind of, see. But, but if we really thought about it and we honestly looked around us, wouldn't we see that that's a true statement? That we become what we worship. And the truth is, 
It's not God's fault. And it's not God's doing. It's our doing because it's our choice. It's our decision. And we want to blame God for some of the stuff that's happened. And it's not God's fault. It's because we haven't chosen to put God where he belongs. We've chosen to enthrone other things and other people and all these other stuff. And when we get messed up, we think, God, what happened? Why didn't you, you know? And God wants so much more for you and me. You know, don't look for all the messes in your life and blame God for that. You know, so much of the junk is our doing, not God's. And we question God. Why would God allow this to happen? And at the same time, we resent it when he's there butting in in our lives, right? Like, God, I don't want you right now. Just kind of stay away right now. You just kind of always mess with my life. I just come to you on Sunday mornings. I do my dose of God. That should be enough, right? We want God like a part. We say, God, we want you this part of our lives. That's one part. On the other side, it's like, God, what happened? You know, why? You know, right? And the truth is that what's so amazing to me is that God isn't our genie in the bottle, that God is God, and that he gives us the freedom to choose and make decisions in our life, even when it's a bad decision. How hard and agonizing that must be. It's like, oh, no, man, I mean, no, Mark, don't, no, 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 right? And, 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 and we... And he just must agonize. And I know what that's like, sort of. Because I pray and hope that my kids will always make the right decisions, right? You as parents, you just hope, pray, my God. You can't be there making every decision for them. And it comes a point. And I'm in, the, I'm in that point now. It's like, man, you know, there's one of my kids in L.A. You know, and she's of drinking age. You know? And on the last dinner we had here, she goes, hey, Dad, this is Japanese food. You think maybe we could have like a little bottle of sake? What? All right, then. Uh, you and I will share it then. So, that's, so I had some of that stuff, you see. But, but you see, but we blame God for bad decisions. And we resent him for being there when we don't want him. And yet God knows all that. God knows all that. And yet... He loves us, and he wants so much more for us. He's not our genie. He's God Almighty. He's the creator of all things. He's the one true God, the beginning and the end, the alpha, the omega, all that stuff. He is worthy of all our worship and praise. And he gives us his word, the Bible, to lead us. And then, when all is said and done, he gives us a choice. He gives us the ability. He loves us enough to allow us to choose. He allows us to choose whether we're going to come to him and worship him or not. He's done all this for us. He's given us his son that we would spend eternity with him. His son died on the cross. He gave us all this. He continues to bless us. He gives us life. We wake up today for what reason? Because God says another day for Mark. And in light of all that, and in all the choices we make, and God holds his breath, right? But he gives us that choice. 
If I gave my son, he gives me a hard time, my son, sometimes. He's the greatest son ever. I can't imagine letting him die for all of you guys and letting you guys just choose. No, man, my son dies for you. You all are right here, man, worshiping Mark. Mark! You know? You ain't just coming Sunday. You're coming Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, man. Right? But you can imagine all that God has done, all that God does, and he gives us a choice. That's why he says, in view of God's mercy, will you present your bodies as a living? Will you worship? See, worship is a choice. And when we make that choice to worship God, unexplainably our minds and our lives begin to be transformed. It does. You know, we see God's fingerprints in our lives every day. Like Paul and Silas, we, we see chains break off in our lives. A lot of us, we're just struggling with chains of memories and hurts and all kinds of things. And when we begin to worship, chains break off. And we see God's love and we see God's power in ways we never did see before. And life is like, this is great. This is amazing. And, and we see life and its situations and circumstances in a whole new way, with a whole new focus. Because God's giving us a new focus and a new perspective. And then when we make that choice to worship, just picture this, I picture this in my mind. We do all that, but when we make that choice to worship, God smiles. That God Almighty, who is the creator of all things, he looks down and says, that's my boy. Man, and he just smiles. And all I'm doing is just saying, God, thank you. You're so great. You know, this morning, God, yeah, I know I only had a few hours of sleep, but man, that time with you was like the greatest thing ever. You know? You know, the other day when that happened and kind of got messed up, but I saw your hand kind of come shining through. Man, God looks at that and says, Mark, I just love you and make him smile. See, worship is a choice. God's not going to force you. You know? It's always going to be in light of God's mercy, in view of God's mercy will you present your body. But when you do, your life changes and God smiles. Right? Why don't you stand and pray. You know, you know, we talked earlier about, you know, three steps that we talk about in our church. You hear more. It's a step to become, you know, really, you know, that's the, that's, that's become like Christ. And so often, a lot of people in church, we think that's the first step. But the first step is a sense of belonging. Where you begin to experience God's love. You know? So much so, they say, you know, I, yeah, I want to learn more about God. And then we take that next step to believe. And we say, okay, you know, Jesus, I'm going to believe and accept you for who you say you are. And then that final step is, is to become. Become the person that God has created you. And so many of us, we're, on, we're in that step, we're on that journey. You know? But there might be some of you all who are just at the first step. It's just kind of becoming, 
and now you can, I'll be belonging and you just maybe, maybe today's the day you take that step because salvation is a choice as well God's never going to say you accept my son Jesus no it's a choice it's a free gift and maybe for some of you that's where you are I want to encourage you you know in view of God's mercy take that step if you're on another step you know, maybe it's a step to, to become more and more. You know, take that step. Maybe next week you say, hey, I'm going to come here early on worship. I'm going to do that <coughs> gratitude journey. In fact, I'm going to have my whole family do that. We're going to do that. So much to be thankful for. Whatever it is, take a step, right? So we're going to pray. And for some of you, it's that first step that you are going to take that step to accept Jesus into your life. You know, you just repeat after me, all right? There's just nothing magical about the prayer. It's your heart. That's what's there. So let's just pray, you know. So Father, we want to thank you that, you know, in light of your mercy toward me, I want to take that step. I want to take that step to trust you in a greater way, to make Jesus my Savior. I kind of know what that means, and maybe not fully, but I want to learn. But I know that you're real, and I know Jesus came to die for me, and I know that I need him, that I focus too much on myself, my life's a mess. Will you kind of come in and, and bring order? I accept you, Jesus, as my Savior right now. And for some of us, it's like, hey, Father, I'm going to take this step today. Take this step to follow you in a greater way, in light of your mercy. I'm going to choose to worship you. And Father, I pray as people have made that choice and they pray that to you, that this week would be a week of discovery where they discover that worship is more than just Sunday mornings. That it's Sunday mornings and Monday mornings and Monday afternoons and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursdays all through the week. And I pray that they would make that choice and they would begin to see you do an amazing thing. That they wouldn't conform to the patterns of this world but they would be transformed and that you would renew their minds. You would renew our minds. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, one last thing. Okay? Um, LS and company, they have their smoothies back there. You know what? Two things. It's going to a great cause to help people less fortunate th than us. And the other thing, man, I really just encourage that young, young girl will encourage her so much to see people you know, just joining in on what God placed on her heart. If you made a decision to accept Jesus, you know what, tell somebody, tell me, all right? At least I can just be, yes. If you made a decision, say, I'm going to choose to worship, tell somebody. Have them pray for you. Just say, hey, I'm going to, I choose, all right? Okay, God bless. See you all back there, all right?